This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And I'm Jared Murphy from City Limits, and we're here on Primary Eve with former City Council member, Council Speaker, and Mayoral Candidate Gifford Miller. Gifford, thanks for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Uh, so it is Primary Eve, and Ben and I were thinking after covering politics all year and for many years, uh, talking to someone who's actually lived through the experience of racing for and going through an election might be a perspective that we don't hear that much about. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know your your first run for office? I think was in ninety six. January of nineteen ninety six. Do you remember what it felt like the last twenty four or forty eight hours? Can you still call that to mind? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, that was a special election that was called when uh, my predecessor in the city council, Charlie Millard, resigned suddenly to become the head of the Economic Development Corporation, the Giuliani administration. It was a 45-day election. The Republicans thought that it would be smart to make it short, and, and I'm not sure why, but actually it didn't work out there, there in their favor because it kept lots of candidates from joining. So it was really a one-on-one, -on -one, which was a better dynamic for a Democrat in that district than they had thought. Um, and uh, it was a very cold election. That winter of 95, 96, I think, I think during the 45 days, I think the, the thermometer got over freezing, like literally like three times. I gave my girlfriend, then now my wife, boots for Christmas, which went down really poorly, <laughs> but shows you how extraordinarily egocentric uh, candidates are. Um, and uh, on election day... boots. Yeah, camp, they were like warm boots. Boots so on the ground. Go out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite. Literal. Yeah, I thought it was like kind of you know thoughtful. Like you must be cold, and she she took it rather coldly. Um, you meant well. But we got over it. We got over it. Uh, so election day um, was very nerve wracking. I mean, I I was pretty hopeful. I'd gotten the New York Times endorsement, which is a big deal in that area at that time and still. Um, but it had been held by a Republican previously. Uh, and so I was out campaigning. The, the, the thing that I remember most was being on Roosevelt Island with Carolyn Maloney, who was my boss at that point, and, and um, she was campaigning with me. And uh, some, I think Channel 7 came out to see us campaigning on, on Roosevelt Island, and she declared victory. And I, I was like, what? What did you say? Like, what? And she's like this, and she declared victory. I guess she thought that way they would have it for the 11 o'clock, or, or I don't know what she was doing. As in we're going to win? No. Or? She was like, this was a great victory. <laughs> and I think this just sent a strong message. We were running at that point against Gingrich and Pataki. Uh -huh. Because as you probably know, nobody really knows what they're voting for when they're you know, in these offices. The, the difference between the city council and the assembly and Congress and all the rest of it is, 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 uh, is, is not clear to most voters. So she was talking about how this election had sent a strong, and my victory had sent a strong, and I, it was literally like 545 <laughs> polls, there polls. were hours of polls left, and I was panicking, because I felt good right up to that point, and then I was really nervous that she jinxed it. But she, as in so many things, yeah. is always right in the end, Carolyn, uh, and, and, I, and I won, and I remember um, uh, it was a fun night. And you were young. I was 26, yeah. It was about the time I was uh, the, the youngest council member, but that's been that Records all many times over. Did you have any idea what you were doing? 
Yeah, I mean, I knew what I was, I had some idea what I was doing. I mean, I'd worked for Carolyn for three years. I, I had been at her chief of staff and run her district office. So I had you know, certainly some idea what I was doing, but definitely, you know, I, I woke up the next morning and was like, what, uh, what, what, have, what have I done? <laughs> and I, but I think that's common. I, don't, I wouldn't describe that as like, that's not unique to, it's the, every time. I think any, all of us have woken up when they get a new job and like, oh my God, oh yeah. who are these people that I'm going to go to work with and what am I doing and do I really think I can do that? And, you know, so that happened to me pretty much you know, when I got elected to the council, when I got elected to be speaker. You know, each time there's, this, there's a certain level of panic that you, you have to overcome. But the, the last 24 hours or even day of I imagine it's different for different candidates, but a lot of candidates think they have a path to victory if this breaks right or that breaks right. What was your experience like in whichever election you want to speak to, but do you, were you someone who wakes up confident that day and I'll just go, you know, I'm going to go shake hands at the subway stops and I'm going to make these appearances and lock it up? Well, I, it's a very different experience running for mayor than running for council. So a council, like in theory, you can still have some impact on the election on election day. You know, like you, there's like, particularly with the, in the first race, it's a turnout thing. So we were trying to get people out and it was unknown. I was confident, but I wouldn't say, I, you know, if I'd lost, I, don't, I wouldn't have been floored. Um, Thereafter, in all my re-elections, I was, you know, I think appropriately confident, and because they weren't going to be close in election day, you know, it's sort of at that point, it's pretty much it was pretty much irrelevant, uh, and so you know, it tended to be sort of more superstition going around. I, I actually want, I remember in um, uh, it must have been two, one of the elections, maybe it was the. It was the fall, that fall of 96, I was getting reelected, and I was pretty confident. Um, and, it, and there was so, so much turnout for the presidential that a number of election polling districts just like basically shut down because the people that were managing them were not, you know, managers. So I literally, I just stayed at one polling site for like six hours and ran, and it wasn't campaigning. I just ran the poll, you know. And so, but, but more typically you deliver donuts to the workers and so, so local races are very different when you're running for mayor you know I was pretty darn clear that I was not going to get elected I mean, in fact in fact um, uh, I don't think I've told this story day. before but uh, publicly but I saw that a lot of my friends know I was I'm a big fan of the movie Wedding Crashers mm -hmm. and um, uh, and during my campaign I had it on DVD in, in the car and I just was on loop I've seen it Literally a hundred times. I used to put myself to bed reciting it. <laughs> and so on the, I went on New York One with Dominic Carter the final night before the election. And I knew I was not going to win. So I, I just tried to work in wedding crasher quotes throughout the whole, the whole uh, appearance. Like oh, I we're going to have to look I got in, up. I got in two. I don't remember the second, but the first one was about something about uh, it's the first quarter of the big game. And you want to throw up a Hail Mary? Well, when did you, just talking about 2005, how far in advance of primary day did you know in your heart that it wasn't going to happen? And what, what convinced you? Was it a poll or was it more of a gut instinctive thing? Well, you know, I don't like to, I don't spend a lot of time hashing through the details of my life. But for, so first of all, you know, so the short answer to that question is about 10 days to two weeks before the election, 
there were two polls that came out. Uh, Anthony Weiner and I were essentially tied. And there were two polls that came out. One was like an observer poll and one was a Channel 7 poll. The observer poll showed me up by three or four points and the other one showed him up by three or four points. And for whatever, and then at that moment, the campaign finance board announced that I had violated the campaign finance laws by overspending, which was interesting because they were completely wrong. We then spent over a million and a half dollars after they announced that I had overspent. And in the end, once the audits were done, we settled, although we didn't have to, but we, we settled on the notion that we'd overspent by $7,000. So they were clearly wrong, you know, by millions of dollars. And, and, um, uh, and that was pretty, so basically what happened then was the, the press took that and the poll that what didn't go my way and decided that I had tanked and that it was going to be Anthony versus Freddie. So 10 days or so, when the, when the 10 days or so out, um, uh, it was fairly clear, you know, you, you're still in a fair amount of denial and then the times went the wrong way and they, they endorsed Freddie. And so it was pretty clear sort of it, the last, the last 10 days were, were, were not as much fun as the rest. That's the type of thing, I mean, we saw this almost, you know, very similar with James Comey and Hillary Clinton, the reopening of an investigation, you know, yeah. something being announced that feels like, how do you deal with that? It's out of your control. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you, 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 you either get extremely angry or you don't get extremely angry. I mean, in retrospect, I consider it to be like some one of the best things that ever happened to me. <laughs> like, I'm perfectly happy now. If I'd finished second in that race, I, I think a lot of people would have been badgering me to run again. I might have wanted to run again. You know, um, I might have ended up in a primary with Freddie, which would have been a, a rough, rough primary. God forbid I won. You know, I think Mike Bloomberg would have comfortably dropped $40 million, making sure that everybody in the city, you know, knew what a horrific human being I am. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's, I, I'm a country music fan. There's a great song, so thank God for unanswered prayers. I, I put, you know, so much of that for me down under, you know, uh, you know, just because uh, there's a line, it's just, just because he doesn't uh, answer doesn't mean he doesn't care. You know, so for me, it worked out great. But at the time, you know, I, I was pretty pissed at the campaign finance board yeah. for incorrectly ruling that I had overspent by a million and a half dollars. And they basically, it's a very long, boring, tortured thing, but they basically just changed the rules in the middle in order to say that I'd overspent because they didn't like what I was doing, and which was pursuing a third um, place on the ballot, second place on the ballot. So it was, uh, it was extremely frustrating. But as I was going to say before, like the thing is, is that you, you, you sometimes you know way in advance, but you really never know what's going to happen in a campaign. So you got to remember that when I decided to run for mayor, Mike Bloomberg was the most unpopular mayor in the history of the city of New York. No, nothing, nothing, nothing that anybody had. Mike Bloomberg's approval rating was 26. People forget that. He had a 26. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's his, and he was trying to have a 26. You know, he was doing everything because it was part of his sort of, at, the, at that point in his life and his mayoralty, him being unpopular was 
the equivalent of self-worth. He wanted to do the unpopular thing because it proved to himself that he was not beholden. Up, up, not just beholden, but he wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to be a regular politician. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I decided to run, he was 26, you know, I mean, it was a totally different thing than by the time I'm in the middle of this primary, you know, beating him, and he'd spent $100 million and also spent, you know, giving back a nonsense, you know, to send everybody a check, tax cut. I mean, all the sort of standard, you know, practice. He, you know, in June of 2003, he woke up and was like, oh, you know, Shit, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get not reelected. I want to, I want to be my own man, but I want to get reelected. So, boom, everything that everybody else does, he he did. So that primary day, you you pretty much knew your fate, or you anticipated yeah. it. Um, did you still? I forget. Did you still kind of go through the ritual of greeting voters at subway oh, stops? Oh, of course. And, you know, I had like, staff was that was out working. Right. And, and, and listen, I, I was hoping to do better than I did. I didn't, I would, I'm not sure I knew that I was going to finish fourth out of four. You know, that was certainly not my plan. And I didn't at the time. I don't know that I decided that I wasn't going to be going back and doing it. So I was, you know, running away, working hard. I had, you know. Uh, lots of people had devoted their, you know, lots of time and, you know, for me always the hardest part was sort of feeling that I'd asked all these people to do things and that, you know, I didn't want to let them down. That was, I think, for me the most disappointing aspect of it. It wasn't so much that I didn't win, it was that, like, you know, strangers had volunteered time and energy into your candidacy and then, you know, you don't, when you don't win, like, I feel like it's so sad for them, you know. So, the the phone call is a ritual I've always been interested in. Uh, will you concede to whoever yeah. won? And I guess in this case, you just call the person who won. I'm not calling you, but can you talk about sort of just how does that work? I mean, I don't remember the phone call to be honest with you. <clears throat> I guess I must have called Freddie and told him congratulations. I mean, you know, we were all knew each other pretty well. In that race, I don't. You know, I guess I, I guess I got. I guess I got calls. My first race, I don't think my opponent conceded that night. The special, the special. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I certainly don't remember talking to her. So I can't help you there. I'm not. I wasn't. You know, it wasn't a big thing for me. How long was it bef between primary day 2005 and when you? decided politics was gonna was not gonna be your thing well I mean the period after the primary but still being speaker was super awful I mean it was just like you're still there but people you know and everybody it, it was but yeah I, you know listen I don't know uh, you know I don't know what I'm gonna do 15 years God willing I'm only 47 still so but I, I, I was pretty clear pretty quickly that I was not going to just go try and find something else to run for, that I, that I wanted to, you know, find a job and something that I enjoyed doing and, and try to do it well. And, and, and I, and, you know, I, 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 liked, I liked a lot of what I did and I tried to do some of that in, in the private sector. So I liked doing neighborhood change and transformation and... Um, and I've tried in the private sector to do some of that through, you know, 
transformative real estate development in, uh, in, in, in areas that need it. So I was pretty clear, I don't know when I made the decision, but I, I never felt, even when I was in office, that this was like the only thing that I would ever do with my life. You know, and I don't really have, it's like my friends were never in politics. My wife was never really particularly enthused with the whole experience. So for me, it was never, like I know a lot of people who are in politics and like everybody that they know and everything that they do, you know, you go to their barbecue, it is all people from politics. If you went, you know, to my barbecue, if I had the time to have one, our invitation it would be very. Yeah. yeah, you guys are in politics. <laughs> I wasn't inviting the press. I did have the press over once. For, we were trying to smooth the press, but that was not my thing. Yeah. What do you? Uh, what if anything do you miss about public life that you've not been able to replicate in a private world? And uh, speaking of the press, like what's something that people like Ben and I don't get about? public service that, you know, is there anything, uh, a basic element of it that the press doesn't see or understand that kind of came up over your career? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that um, I think I think people don't realize how difficult it is. It's a very hard life. Um, and you know, and I, I think there, there, I think there's very little sympathy for, um, for what it's like, you know, and and but you know, it is a it is a super hard, um, emotionally, physically, um, taxing uh, experience. You know, you you know you 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 know at least the way. I mean, I don't know. Some people maybe some people can do it some in other ways, but you know. For me, it felt like you know every day, every phone call, every time you woke up, every moment was you know your 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 adrenaline levels and your anxiety levels were just super high. Um, so I think uh, I, I think it's I think there's you know that in the end it's it's it can you can lose the notion that there are actual there's like these are like real live human beings you know who are doing their best for the most part, um, uh, and I think the press can lose a little bit of, little bit of, little bit of that, and, and look, and, you know, I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but I think most people are, you know, trying to do their best, um, and, uh, and so there's that, I, I, I forgot the first question. Do you miss any of it, anything about it? I used to get to go to the Met Gala. Nice. That was Her. killer. <laughs> you should I tell, mean, like, tell the mayor. I tell you, that's the only thing my wife misses. Probably that's what I think about it. Like, I mean, that is a ridiculous, ridiculous event. Like, the people are just like, just so unbelievably good looking. And you walk it. There's like the, you know, the the red carpet. You know, uh, uh, I liked going to the Met Gala. Yeah. That's about. I mean, that makes it sound too negative. I enjoy, you know, I'm, the other thing I think I do miss is I had a lot of terrific people that worked with and for me. And um, there was a real, you know, um, 
camaraderie, and I think it's it's an it's fun to to be part of that, uh, and and it's harder to experience that. Of course, there were also a lot of people who worked for me who really didn't seem to be working for me. So that that was uh, I, I don't miss that as much, but I, I miss I miss a number of the people. Although I stay in touch, you know, but it's a uh, you know it's exciting. Did um, did you think about it at all in two thousand eight or two thousand nine? Was there no. was there any? No. Did anybody approach you this year? Um, I know there was a lot of like people trying to find people to run against Mayor De Blasio. Did anybody try to get you to jump back in? I mean, you know, like the thing you have to know, like when you're in office, everybody tells you how great you are. You know, and like, so, so of course there's still, when you're out of office, they don't, but, you know, I mean, sure, people who are being polite say, oh, you should run, you know, but like, not in a, I don't, I don't, I think, first of all, I don't think I'm, I'm selling that I'm thinking about it. And secondly, um, people that know me well enough know I'm not, but you know, sure, the occasional person, oh, you'd be great. You'd be great, yeah. Um, you were very young when you were elected speaker, what, 30? 32. I was 32. But I was the senior elected official in the city of New York. Right. <laughs> um, there's a few people in the speaker's race right now. It's very early for that race, but there's a few pretty young, fairly inexperienced folks seeking to become the speaker. Do you have sort of thoughts on, were you ready for that role? You know, do you think, um, again, years, you know, old is not always a metric for whether you're prepared or whether you're experienced or whether you're mature, but do you have thoughts on sort of what, what's really important there is, you know, in life experience or legislative experience, or is it too variable by person? I mean, I felt actually quite prepared to be speaker of the council. Um, I mean, again, it was, it was partly because, uh, I was so much more experienced than everybody around. You know, so the so the mayor came in and really, you know, had you know, no idea how to be mayor when he arrived, and and people think it's easy to go from running a business to running, uh, uh, uh be mayor or you know, president. Turns out not not so much. Um, this is two thousand two. We should yeah. Sure. Right, which right. was explain was after the first real hit of term limits when people were. So what happened? Who had been there for, for decades? That's right. In in two thousand and one, term limits hit for the first time on anyone, and there were thirty eight new city council members out of fifty one. There were four new borough presidents out of five. There was a new controller, a new public advocate, and and a new mayor. So quite literally, I had been in office longer than anyone else in 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 office, and and so it took people some time to to, to figure it out. So yeah, I mean, I felt quite prepared at that time. Uh, even though I was young, I would certainly say that I am, you know, a wiser person now than I was when I was 32, and you have a little more distance and all the rest of it. But, I, I, you know, I, I think, um, I'm sure that everybody who's running for speaker now are smart, capable people, and, and I also think that a lot of what happens is, you know, you don't have much choice but to rise to the to the occasion. I know there were doubts about um, our current speaker. I think she's done a terrific job, you know, really, really, really inspirational work and um, in areas that never even occurred, you know, like uh, it never occurred to me to have the kind of impact on the on the, the criminal justice system 
um, that she's had. So I admire that enormously. Um, and, uh, and so I, I think, you know, city, I'm not a big term limits fan, but I, but I also, you know, don't lie awake worrying about it. And I wouldn't also have had any of the opportunities I had without him. So <laughs> right. it got me in, it got me out. It's been a good, it's, you know, it's worked for me. So your last race was, was 12 years ago. That's not a long time, but, uh, in politics, I guess it could be. Do you think running for office in the city is... Or, or anywhere is different now, 12 years later, anything about the process, the challenges, the landscape from when you left the scene? I think um, the, the thing that was happening in my race that continues to sort of change things, although not as much maybe as some people think, but in my race it was really the, the first, um, uh, it was like the first race with internet and and, and and I think it was a, a it was actually interesting because I think um, no one really knew how to handle this sort of new world with like anonymous posts and blogs and all the rest of it. And so I think in our race actually, in that race, the the press was a little there was a little behind ha the beginning to sort of, a, you know, what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. Um, and then I think, you know, people got sort of more sophisticated about, about it. But so in those days, like if you had one anonymous employee that was saying whatever, it was all of a sudden it was like this, oh my God. <laughs> so, and then it kind of calmed down. And now I think, and now I think you know we're all, we're still we're still waiting for the internet to achieve what everybody thought it was going to achieve you know three or four years ago you know it's not it's not like you can really you can't really still run for mayor in a completely you know I'm just going to advertise on Facebook kind of way so I think we were sort of uh, that race was the very beginning um, and uh, and we're we're still in the part of that journey, you know, of where, where this is all going. That's interesting um, because obviously the current mayor eschewed ma direct mailing, doing any mailings in 2013. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, seeing some seriously, of that who, who opens that stuff? Yeah. Do no, you? I mean, well, city council candidates are still flooding mailboxes. I know. You know. But, so, do, but sure listen, you, do. you know, it's like... They don't know. Where, nobody knows where I live, and so I, I haven't been caught up in any of it. So, you know... <laughs> You're not registered to vote. I, I am registered to vote, but I how did I moved around and nobody's targeting me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The um, uh, I mean, look. The thing is, is that there are a lot of bad ways to reach voters, and you know, you got to pick some of them because there is no. Right. It's not like there's like a place where they just line up and are like, oh yeah, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need me to know. So you know, people still do mail. People, you know, you can do social media and stuff like that, that there's still TV, that means, I guess people do, you know, I watch it. A good online it. video too is a good online video, you know. It is, but uh, you know, who's why, I mean, so it's, a, you know, it's so much about, so again, it depends so much on the race you're talking about. I mean, so for, you know, the, the reality is, is that if you're running in a city council primary, you know who's going to vote, and so so it's like uh, I have a friend who's thinking about running for Congress, you know, and he's and he come, you know, looking for advice, and you know, it's all whenever people come to you looking for advice, they they want they they think you're going to get some kind of like 
cool secret kind of stuff or like what would, what would Stephanopoulos do you know and like the reality is like in that kind of a race you know in, in that district there might be 15 20,000 votes what should this guy do this guy should wake up at six o'clock in the morning you know find a train station stand at the train station from nine o'clock to ten ten thirty should call you know people ask them for money from ten thirty to noon he should call seniors prime dems from noon to one if you can find any see this you know senior centers in his district he should go to that spot from one o'clock to five o'clock he should call seniors from five o'clock to seven o'clock he should stand in front of a train station again and from seven o'clock to nine o'clock he should go knock on doors again targeting mostly seniors that's the formula that's it yeah you know and all the rest of it like that's it because we know there's going to be twenty thousand voters and the thing is is that it's like i remember i had i had um I mean, it depends what you're writing for. I had lunch with Cory Booker right after I got elected, and he just lost. And he was saying to me, like, what do you think I should do? And, you know, but, like, Cory's never been running for mayor of Newark. He was running for president even then. But, like, I was like, dude, you want to run for mayor of New York? What are you doing having lunch with me? Like, go back, take the list of prime voters, and call them all. Because, you know, in, in New I was like, Newark's... Like, smaller than a state senate district. Right. It's not like it's a, you know, it's not like it's, we're talking about, but if you're running for mayor, all right, that's a whole different thing. And then you're trying to, you're trying to match your story to the story that is being told about the election in the minds of, of, of voters. So... You know, and, and you never know what that's going to be until right upon it. Mm -hmm. So, I was, you know, like you take the Mayor de Blasio, I mean, who knew that the 2013 election was going to be about stop and frisk? Uh, I didn't, and neither did anybody else in the race, you know, until all of a sudden it was. You know, and, and, and sometimes we don't even figure that out until afterwards, right? So, uh, was it even really about it? I mean, you know, so, so I think you, you, you're... You're you're trying. So I give very people who are running for mayor. I tell them, you know, no, you have to you have to go out and create your biography in a way that the press can't help but avoid, you know, write about. So you know, you want to be if you're going to be the foster care candidate, a, a, you know, adopt seven kids from foster care. There you go. That's a good way mm -hmm. to get a you know. I mean, narrative. yeah, well, and look at it like, like James Comey, what's the one thing that we know that's nice about James Comey? Man's fantastic on foster care right. because in his personal life, he actually is an amazing human being who, you know, does good things for foster kids. So, you know, you, you're, 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 when you're running for mayor, it's more about conveying who you are because actually people will actually sort of get to know you, who they think you are and, and how who you are is what the city needs. So let's ask one more of you, which is this year's race. Um, what do you think the narrative is and how do you think, what explains the fact that polls suggest Mary de Blasio is not especially popular, but he seems on a glide path to winning re-election. Why, why is that? Uh, it's term limits. I mean, it's, this is sort of like what the, this is what everybody who supports term limits doesn't want. But like term limits have made this election super non-competitive because basically everybody who would run against the mayor is waiting for the mayor to be term limited out in four years. And 
they can all, their term limits will kick in then and they want to hold on to their jobs until, you know, why give up a job that you like, that you love, you know? And again, like that's just, this is, you asked previously, like what does the press not know? So I say that and like, you're thinking, and I think probably a lot of people think are like, oh, well, these, who are these horrible people that are like, oh, they just want to hold on to their jobs, but like, they like their jobs, right? I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, if you're the controller of the city of New York, that's a real job. You're doing real stuff. You know, I think Scott Stringer really likes being controller, and, and I don't mean it like in some crazy sort of, you know, calculating ways. I can be four more years of controller. I can do work that I really believe in. I, I think the mayor's doing a reasonably fine job. Why am I going to go, you know, give up my job so I can get into that race? So I don't, I don't mean it negatively, but I, uh, you know, I think it's very clear that if, the, if, if we did not have term limits, there's no question there'd be much more serious primary and, and maybe general election challenge to the mayor than there is now. When you ran, you had this, uh, for, for mayor, you had this reputation as the singing speaker because you learned all these, like, yep. national anthems yep. of different groups. Yep. Um, do you, is, did you have a favorite, and can you, like, take us out with that? Well, uh, I'll go with uh, La Bora in Kenya mm -hmm. because, uh, I know that was because, a of, because it was yeah. a special one for me and um, because of Irma. I'm glad that uh, Puerto Rico just... Uh, narrowly avoided the worst, but obviously we're all thinking of uh, people down there in the Caribbean and in Florida and other parts. Do you want me to sing? Yeah, I do. All right, okay. La tierra de florido de primo. And, you know, if people had voted for me, they would have heard the rest. Well, we all missed. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Gifford Miller. Thank it's you. a pleasure. It's a pleasure.